Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection of humans and technology. Uh, I'm here with Susan. Hello, Susan. I'm here. And my name is Guthrie, and we are talking about um, user testing today. Yeah, we're going to do a... a It's getting nerdy. Nuts and bolts, kind of back to basics podcast. You know, sometimes we go off on these... You know, well, we I like know. to explore tangents. We, we like, like to, to explore. explore, but uh, today we're going to do just really, you know, or or for or, those of our listeners who maybe don't know a lot about you, it might be the new frontier. Yeah, this, it's this, like going this is into the hot space. New thing. <laughs> going into space. Well, it's not the hot new thing, but you're right. There, there's yeah. probably lots of people listening that don't know a lot. Never about have testing. never heard what what is this. Thing you call user testing. And, and then there's the people who know all about it, and I hope will still keep listening as they're walking <laughs> on a dog or something, you know? Uh, I'm not yeah. going to give up on this. I, you know, I, I might say something surprising. Oh, okay. You know what we're going to start with, of course? No. A stump Guthrie question. Yeah, okay. Go go for it. I'm, I'm guessing that we might be able to stump you with a lot of stuff in this episode because, you know, I don't know that you know a lot about user testing. Well, you? you know, so I got my um, undergraduate degree in user testing. And you then, did uh, not. <laughs> there's a couple of master's theses, no, PhD or two. Theses, theses. No. Well, you did I definitely not. didn't get my undergraduate in English. No, you didn't. Okay, so, so here's the Stump Guthrie question. You ready? Mm-hmm. I want you to give me a decade. <laughs> okay. okay. Mm-hmm. The, a decade in which user testing became quite well known and, you know, as a, as a, as a normal technique to use uh, amongst, you know, the people who do user testing what what was the decade in which that became a popular thing to do 2000s oh good i am so glad we 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 stumped you no it would be the 1980s oh it would go at least that far back probably the i was close 80s. The late 80s is close to the 2000s? Well, I guess relatively speaking. I mean, you didn't say 1400, so, yeah. Yeah, it's been around for quite a long time. And I think what's interesting about user testing, well, should we talk about what it is first before I go off on my... Okay, yeah. I'll let... Yes. I'll let so, so first of all, you've done a little bit of things with user testing in your life. Oh, I've done so many user tests in my life. So many. How I many? Have. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> I bet I've done. That's a really great question. Are we talking about different projects I've done it on? Or are we talking about actual number of tests I've run? Uh, user tests you were affiliated with that you made happen in any way, shape, or form. Oh, my God. Hundreds. Maybe would we have crossed into thousands? I don't know about oh. thousands. You don't know about thousands. I'm sure that there are some people who might be listening who could say they've done thousands. Thousands. Uh, probably. I've done. A, I've definitely. I'm in the. I'm in the high hundreds hmm. in my career. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of user testing. A lot. I don't do as much now. As I used to do. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. We're, our business is, has changed. And yeah. it's and it's it's more hand hands on work, right? It is. I mean, I and I I still teach about it. In fact, I just the reason this was on my mind to do is we're in the middle of updating our user testing course. Oh, oh yeah, plug plug away. <laughs> well, it's not out yet. The new one isn't out yet. So, um, well, talk about the original user testing course. Yeah, so we have a core, an online video course on user testing, which is based on my in-person user testing courses that I, I taught for years. And now we have an online version. And uh, we, boy, I recorded and made that in 2013. 
the end of 2013, and this is now 2017. Wow, time flies. And so we're up. I, I just filmed all the video for the new course, um, updating the whole thing. And uh, yeah, we have a better studio, much fancier better camera, studio, better, better sound camera, system, better audio. Yeah. My hair is nice. No, I don't know about the hair. Um, anyway, yeah, we have uh, new, yeah, new course materials and all of that. So um, that uh, I'm in the process. We're in the we're in the process of editing all the video and putting in all the course materials. And so I don't know when it'll be ready. I thought it was going to be ready by now, but then I got on this new project. We got a call for some new consulting, and that's kind of pulled me a little bit away. But hopefully in the next couple weeks. So maybe in April sometime, April 2017, we're going to have the new course up. So if you buy the old one, you can buy the old one that's available now. And then the new file, the new one, new videos will just start appearing magically. So... Uh, you don't have to wait because whatever you buy, you're going to end up with the latest one as soon as we have it ready. Anyway, yeah, so I've been working on this course. And th so when you said, you know, what should we talk about on our podcast today, it just came to mind. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Guthrie, are you going to give us a definition of what user testing is? <laughs> no. No. I really Do you want to tell no. us what user testing is not? Uh, it's, I would say it's, it's, it's pro it's, it's, it's not, uh, organic chemistry. Okay. Yeah. You're not going to be very useful. So. All right. But you have to ask me questions as we go along. All right. Okay. So I mean, you, you could, you could, you, you, you could help me in some ways. All right. Here, we're going to do more little quizzes. Uh -huh. So Guthrie, you bring, um, some people together in a room and you ask them, what they think about the, uh, uh, let's see, what are we going to use as an example? The, um, the NASA uh, uh, website where you can see like videos and updates of the latest thing NASA's doing. Okay? Okay. And they, uh, you, you show it on a big screen um, what the page is like, and you show them a few things one would normally do at the page, and then you ask them, you have like maybe let's say six people in the room, and you ask them what they like and what they don't like. Sounds like user testing to me. Does it? Y yes. No, it's not. Oh. The, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would ask you what's wrong with it and why that's not user testing, but I'm not sure you'd know. Do you know? Uh, that's not user testing. That's a focus group. It's a of sorts. Okay. Why, yeah, and the reason it's problematic is, first of all, you have a whole group of people together, which I there's lots of focus groups and they bring people together and that can be really useful. But we also know that in a group like that, the person who talks first becomes the leader and the leader can sway everyone's opinion. So user testing is done one person at a time, um, not six in a room. So that's one I probably reason. just wasn't listening carefully enough. Really? Are you at the NASA site now? No. Looking, okay. And then the other reason that it's not user testing is because the the person running the group did the, a little demo and asked them what they thought. And user testing is one person being given realistic tasks to do mm. and doing them while someone watches. So that that's a level of nuance that clearly I did not know. You didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought, you know, I, I like... It's like it's like I knew that user testing was a rectangle, but I didn't know that it was a square only. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's really that that's so it's one person at a time. And what you do is you have them um, talk out loud. It's called the think aloud technique. So you have them do the task, whatever it is you're asking them to do. So it could be use a website, use an app, 
It could be open a box. It could be. Um, <laughs> no, it is. So, no, seriously. So there are user tests done on, like, what's the experience of getting and installing, you know, a router. And so you might actually start the Does test it, from opening the box. Do people do people user think. testing for non-technology related things? Yes, they do. Okay. So yeah. so it could be so when you said open a box, it's like I'm from Boxes R Us and we make boxes. You could, but usually what you you do open a box when what you want to do is test the entire experience of of getting a new product. Mm. So you know what when someone gets um. Uh, a new laptop, you know, or when someone gets, it doesn't even have to be technology, you know, when you get um, uh, a new, name something, that, a, a new a new pair of shoes. Yeah. You know, what's the experience like of opening the box and seeing the shoes and trying them on? So you can use your test anything. Okay. Typically, you know, historically, since the late 1980s, it's probably been done on technology stuff more than anything, but doesn't have to be. So, for, for instance, I supervised a user test on, um, you know, when you're at an airport? Yes. And you may not have noticed, but every couple of whatever, hundreds of feet or yards or whatever it is, there on the wall, there's a uh, defibrillator. There's a medical device for that you, anyone can use. Did you know that? Oh, oh, it doesn't surprise me at all. Like, you know how there's... There's there's, there's rules for that, right? There's... You mean, like, you have to have one? Yeah. Yeah. So... In in schools, universities, airports, Yeah, you got to have defibrillators, right. And they're supposed to be Defibrillator is someone's having a heart attack. Yes. uh, It can restart their heart. Restart their heart. Yeah. Yes. And, And, uh, And you need it because in cases where... There's, you know, it, 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 it's, you have minutes to, have to, minutes. to act, yep. so you can't wait. So, you know, Good the idea is that these are, like, easy to use and anyone, <laughs> anyone should be able to use them. I've this used not... a defibrillator. You not, have? Not on a person, but I, I am first aid certified, so okay. I, I, So you yes. know a little bit about this. Yes. So I was involved. In, so one thing that some people don't know, by the way, is that... In, oh, I don't know the exact year. In somewhere in the 2000s, the, um, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S., uh, came up with a new policy that said that if you were creating a medical device or medical software uh, in order to get it approved, because that has to be approved through the FDA, that's always been, that's been true for a long time, but in order to get it approved, you had to prove to the FDA that you had gone through a user-centered design process. I don't know if you, are you aware of that? You know, that sounds really familiar, yeah. I yeah, think was, I think I have talked to you about that. It's, uh, it's yes, and this is not, this is uh, very common for the, for the government to require some sort of, you know, process that yeah. people go through. So if, we, if you're doing federal contract work, which we're trying to get, though we'll probably never get any money, they, boy, there's so much money to be had but there's um you, you know you have to certify for example if you're over a certain criteria that that you uh that you that you follow a lot of the anti-discrimination laws as a company right and that's yeah. the way that the government indirectly can for kind of push policy as it will right so yeah. you have to follow a user-centered design process if you want to get soft medical software or devices approved so when what they pass mean? What do you mean? A user-centered design process? Yes, for those of the people out there who who maybe don't know exactly exactly. Well, you know, Guthrie, in our UX fundamentals <laughs> course, which is free, which yeah. is free. Yeah. So go sign up for that one. Well, I actually nice walk plug. through what is a user-centered design process, and I compare it to an agile UX and lean UX and design thinking. So there you have it. It's the it's the um, more the the more the original kind of the, the the original it's just a basic yeah it's a basic process of how to design anything so it'll be usable and part of that uh so you you have to do 
you have to do some research on your users, you have to have iterations, and you have to do a prototype, and you have to do user testing. And um, so you have to prove to the FDA that you did user testing before they will approve your medical device or medical software. Hmm. So when they put that into place, it meant all of a sudden that there were a lot of uh, device manufacturers and medical software manufacturers <laughs> that wanted user testing. Oh, and I, thought, I thought you were going to say that like had never done any user testing. Actually, they some of them had not. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. Not of not of a user centered design kind of user testing. I mean, certainly if they were doing a drug, they had done clinical trials. Clinical yes, yes, safety testing. Right, but. right. But this is different. You yeah, know? it's a different and world. And so. And they maybe they had done a little bit, but now they had to do a lot more. And what's different with the required user testing for the for the FDA? Um, so when you when you're doing user, let let's say you are the NASA website, okay, mm-hmm. and you uh, you know you just you know it's a good idea to do some testing before you implement a new feature before you put out your new website and so you want to do user testing so you're probably going to do it on a surprisingly few number of people this is what always shocks people about user testing Uh, and I want to talk about that and I want to talk about how you figure out how many people you should test on and this is the thing that freaks out marketing people so if you're a marketing researcher and you're used to doing quantitative marketing analysis, right. and then I tell you that we're going to do a user test on six people, that just usually <laughs> like floor, you know, I find people on the floor passed out, you know. Um, actually, I don't you find mean, them on the You mean f- six people per segment and 45 market segments, right? No, I mean I, six and you're people. Like, no, well, no, we're going to talk about this, the market I, segments. Yeah, I we're going to talk about I that. Know. So they do. In fact, what happens, and this is a problem that a lot of people have that are in the field of usability and user experience. What happens is you tell the your team, and which includes some marketing people, that you're going to do user tests on six people, and they totally dismiss it. They laugh. They think that's like a riot. You know, um, that you. How could you possibly? get any reliable data from six people. And you're, you... you're a statistician, right? And so... I am a statistician. I know about statistics. Right, yeah, I right? Do. I used so to six people statistics. is too small. It's, it's too it's small. A, it's a really small sample size, yes. Right? So... So, so how, how can you get any reliable data? How can you get reliable data? How can you make decisions? Data. Based on six people. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you how. Ah, yes. Okay. But before I do that, I'm going to say that the FDA does not subscribe to that. (laughs) So when you do your user testing with the FDA, you have to do it. Well, actually, there are formula. There's a formula or formulas. Is that formulae? I don't know. Anyway, there's there's a formula. There are formulas you can use to determine how many users you have to put through a user test in order to have be able to report statistical significance on your results. Now, 99% of the user tests I have done in my career, we did not report any statistical inf- significance on our results. But you didn't need to. Because I didn't need to, and it wasn't necessary, and I'm going to explain to you what happens when you do a user test. But if you're doing it for the FDA approval, you have to. So that means instead of six people, we had to run 240. <laughs> we ran the numbers. Oh, we actually hired, to be sure, because I did used to teach statistics, but you know, I'm not, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not a practicing, practicing statistician per se. So we actually hired a statistician to make sure we had, you know, had the right number. We asked how many people do we need, and based on all the information, he came back and he said you need at least 240. So we had to test 240, which is like someone oh got made a lot of God. money that day. And I, I did not. I was kind of supervising the project, but I didn't do the testing. And I want to tell you, thank God, I didn't do that testing. Because here's what happens. Okay, you want to hear what happens? You want to know what happens when you test a product? And after hundreds and hundreds of tests, I can say this is true. So you bring in person number one, right? Yeah. 
and you have them go through the test. Now, typically in a user test, how long do you think a user test goes on for? You bring someone in, you have them do realistic tasks with the product, you eh. they talk out loud, you observe. How long Maybe do you like think that goes? an hour or two. Yeah, an hour is a lot. Uh, in some cases, maybe two hours, depending on what it is. Uh, but most of the time, it's like an hour or less. And in some instances that I can tell you about a little bit later, it's 15 to 20 minutes. But anyway, uh, it's very typical to do like, you know, 45 minutes because you first you explain what's going on, then they do it, then you talk about it, and they were 10 minutes late to start with. And so, you know, it's like 45 minutes. Yeah, sure. So, um so person number one comes in, and you give them the tasks to do, and they do the tasks, and they talk out loud, and you ask them some questions, and so on, right? Mm-hmm. And let's go back to that NASA website, you know. So there were some things they liked and some things they didn't like and some things they couldn't figure out, and they couldn't figure out how to do something with the video, you know, with the video or whatever, right? Yeah. And so you now have this long list of, you know, possible changes to make to make it easier to use so person number two comes in (laughs) and they do the same tests and they think out loud and you talk about that and you take lots of notes and they did some of the things that person number one did you know and had problems with some of the same places but some of the things person number one did person number two was fine with and person number two brought up some issues that person number one hadn't mentioned right oh yeah now, person number three comes in to go through the whole rigmarole. So person number three, you know, kind of a combination of person number one and two and a few little original things. Okay? Yeah. Person number four comes in. And person number four doesn't do anything differently. They're just like either one or two or three. Person number five comes in. They're like one or two or three. Person number six comes in, they're like one or two or three. And you can keep going, <laughs> and you are not getting anything new. Mm. Not a single thing. That's, in my experience of hundreds of tests, that's what happens. Now, I am going to give a caveat in a minute. But if you can imagine that that is a true. Caveat. Ima- I am. Caveat. Imagine going through Say 240 that. people. Right. Where every person after number four doesn't do anything new and it you it's it's the it's mind numbing you know uh anyway so um yeah so that's kind of a bit you know really high level overview of what user testing is but back to what you said about the 45 marketing segments yes that's that's how you do end up with more than four people right so that's a very interesting thing though because you know We'll get whenever I'm working on a user testing project, we always get to the point of how many people should we have? You know, and then I go through the whole spiel like I just did with you. And then they say, okay, but you know, um, they say, oh, good, because you know, we didn't want to spend a lot of money. <laughs> we, we have budget for like eight people. Well, and the thing is, is that they're more so that if you do like a marketing survey, it's yeah. pretty cheap. Yeah. And I think people never really understand how expensive it is to actually do do it because it because it because it takes so long and you and you have to have a specialist there you mean a user test or marketing survey well like a if you're yeah a user test yeah you know so so yeah you're doing you're doing less but you know like like you could do 60 but it's gonna be really expensive to do 60 people it is because you have to so you're going to have to pay your person who's running the test, right? Mm-hmm. And then somebody has to be, you know, like collecting data and analyzing data and interpreting data. And then you have to pay the people. Typically, you pay the people. Right. Uh, and then, you know, depending on how you're doing it, and we can talk about technology and different ways to do it. You know, may you may have to rent a facility. Maybe you don't have to. Um, and then, depending on who, you know, how are you getting the people? So you may have to pay a recruiter to get the people. So, yeah, if you're running 60 people, that can get kind of pricey. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not. It's a lot more expensive than if you're doing f- six or four. So, so you know, we get, we 
I, I, people say, oh, you know, we have a budget for eight people. And I say, well, that's great. Yeah, we can do eight people. And they say, okay, so we want to do, um, you know, so we, then we start talking about who are we going to test? And they'll say, well, we want to test our current customers. You know, like, let's say it's a, let's say it's an, uh, uh, let's say it's Uber. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they want to test something new about their app. And they say, well, we want to test, you know, our current customers. And we say, okay, that's great. And then they said, but, you know, we also want to test people who've never used Uber. I'm like, okay, so we'll do four current customers and four new people. Okay, but then we want to test, like, people in uh, a couple different cities in the U.S. and a couple different cities in Europe. Okay, so we want to do, like, six cities all together. Okay, so we're talking now six cities. That's six times four, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're talking about, but also new versus current. So can multiply that by two. That's now we're now suddenly we went from eight people to forty-eight people, and then they'll say, "Yeah, but we want to test young versus old." Right. So now you're right. And then we then now we. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and we want to test men versus women, and we want it right, and it just kind of mm. like snowballs, right? And yeah. um, so here's how you deal with that. You want to know how to deal with that? I mean, sure. You you can tell me. No, what do you think? Oh, I I think you just <laughs> you just forget it. <laughs> well, it, hey, forget hey, the whole thing. Hey, it it depends who's cutting the check. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, but so is there any way? No, no, seriously, though, besides just saying, you know, you just got to get rid of some of those categories. Is Do you have any idea what you could do to get the number down, but still take care of all the different segments? Uh, no, go go ahead and tell me. You have to decide which of those characteristics you want to compare to each other mm-hmm. and which you really don't need to compare you just want to make sure you have some men and some women i don't need to compare men and women i just want to make sure i didn't do it with all guys mm. or i i don't need to compare younger people and older people i just want to make sure i have a i you know i didn't just do a test with everyone's 25 years old so you can have variability within the segment. I actually call these cells. You can have variability within the cells. So we can, we can, uh, you know. Because certain test. things are universal. Well, they may not be, but you, but. Well, sorry. But you're not. Universal enough to discover if you're, if you're having any weird biases because. You know, and I think the thing that's really. The thing I always think about user testing is, you know, this isn't research, okay? And it's very practical. And so you just do what's practical. And even if you don't know what's universal, you just, you can't you're not going to do the test on 96 people. You're just not. So just just decide which of these things you know, fine. I re- you know, I don't need to look at the difference between and it might be geography and it might be gender and it might be age and it might be income i mean you just decide which of these things we don't even need to deal with at all like income maybe in that example with the uber we just we don't care we're just not going to look at that and then which of these things can just be variability within the cell on which things we really do want to compare data for, for this segment versus that segment. And then you can pare it down. So then you can at least get it down to eight or, you right. know, 16 or because 24. Because, because really, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the whole point is to put a product in front of users and and just see them mess up live in person, to see where they go wrong, because they think differently than, you, than the person who created it did. Right. Because no matter what you do, I mean, here's my, my experience. I mean, I've been involved. Sometimes I'm, I'm brought in to do user testing, you know, and the product already exists. In fact, you know, it's been out there for a while and it's 
and people are complaining about it. That's why they want to, they're going to redesign it before they redesign it. They want to test it. Um, or it's, I always, I love it when people say, uh, you know, we're about to release the product. Do you think we should do user testing? And then it's like, my answer is always no. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you wait so long? Well, actually, what I say to them is, if we do user testing, and if there are problems, are you going to delay the release? Mm. If they say no, then it's yeah, like, well, yeah. then you're wasting your money. But because um, you really want to do user testing early when you're just prototyping, mm. you know, to test a design. But anyway, um, yeah, if you uh, if you you want to you want to do user testing. Um, and get some good ideas. And it's not like fine-tuned research. And uh, some user testing is better than no user testing. So just you know, be practical and do it. And I'd rather see people run a user test with like four people than not run it because they think they need 96 people. Yeah, but you, you, um, you, uh get so oh here's what i was going to say so i've done i've done testing on products that i was not involved in the design in but i've also done testing where you know we went through the full a wonderful design process and uh you know we were really did our best design and even in those situations there's always something where you're like look at that you know we <laughs> forgot you know we didn't realize that People wouldn't understand that or they wouldn't be able to find that. There's always a surprise, always, always a surprise, at least one surprise, uh, no matter how well designed it is. And, of course, a lot of products aren't well designed and they aren't designed from the user's point of view. And so they have a lot of user usability, user experience issues. It's very fun to do user testing. And um, it's actually really tricky uh, do you want he? Can I tell you some of my the 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 favoriteest things I've seen people do when they're running a user test that they shouldn't be doing? Sure. Things they do that influence the test in a in a way it shouldn't be influenced. Yes. So um, there was this one because uh, uh, I because I sometimes I evaluate facilitators of tests to see how they're doing uh, and if they're not real experienced they'll make all kinds of interesting mistakes like um there was this one woman who while she was testing the people whenever they did something that you know she didn't like meaning it there was a problem a, a usability problem she would go She'd make like a sigh or she'd tap her pen on the desk or tap her foot on the floor. So she was signaling that they had just done something, quote, wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that. You can't if you're in the room. And there's some testing facilities where you're not even in the room. But if you're in the room, you can't react in a negative or a positive way to what they're doing because that influences them and affects them and might make them nervous and that kind of thing. Um, another thing you have to do is you have to be, you have to follow a script when you're giving them the upfront instructions because I heard this one person, uh, he, he was, uh, he was giving instructions and he would give different instructions to everybody like one, you know, one person came in and he said, oh, just feel free to explore. And <laughs> I was observing him through like a, you know, video feed. And I'm just going, no, 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 no. Don't tell him to explore. It was a <laughs> prototype and there were all kinds of things that didn't even work. So, <laughs> so that person just spent the entire time trying to click on things that weren't you know, didn't have any code behind them. So that was a big waste. Yeah. So there's all kinds of things, you know, to do and (laughs) not do. All right. You want to hear the one of the, there's so many fun stories. Oh my gosh. So I was, we were testing this, um, a bank teller software. 
you know, like so- the the software that bank tellers use. Right. And uh, this one woman came in. She was really she was very petite, very small. She was probably about, I'm gonna guess maybe like 50 years old, and little like half glasses perched on her nose. You know, she looked like someone's grandmother, right? Or a librarian or something. And she sits down in front of the software. And and by the way, I had not designed the software. It was so hard to use. It was so bad. <laughs> and she sits down in front of it, and we give her the first task to do, and she's doing it. And, you know, they're supposed to talk out loud, right? And in about 30 seconds, she starts cursing like a cowboy. I mean, I've never <laughs> heard someone use language that bad. And the entire hour, I mean, we had this, and oh you know, often God. you're video recording it, right? And it's this whole video recording of this little librarian type woman. I can't even repeat what she said, you know, what the? Yeah, I mean, it was just, and we were like in stitches in the other room watching. That's so it's, funny. It's pretty funny. Let's see. Um, I have seen, I am not joking, I have seen grown men, like 40-year-old men, cry. How about that? Seems. I've seen a lot of people cry. They get so frustrated that they, at with the software or the product, that they're, you know, ju- either in tears or just about in tears. And then, and then what's really weird is, um, so one of the things some people do when they do user testing is after the test, then they give them like a little survey to take, you know, where they rate, you know, rate on a scale from one to seven, how easy was the product to use, you know? Mm-hmm. I have seen people so frustrated, they are almost in tears. And then a half an hour later, when they're filling out the little form, they say, it was wonderful. <laughs> This is why I don't trust surveys. Uh, yeah, I have seen. Okay, you you'll like this because you're a lawyer. I was doing a user user lawyer. test with lawyers. Lawyer. Okay, this was software for lawyers. Okay, uh, like for for discovery, you would probably know what that means. So when. Um, so most American law these days is actually just discovery. So what happens is when you sue someone, uh, you say, hey, I'd like to see you. And they say, all right, set up a plan. And then you have discovery. Discovery is the basically when do you do, do you ever watch Perry Mason? Of course, on reruns. Okay. You know, because I'm too young to remember the original Perry Mason. For those of of people who've never (laughs) seen Perry Mason, what what is Perry Mason? Perry Mason was this show about, um, you know, I actually haven't watched it in a really long time, so this is my memory and it might be faulty. But there was Della or Stella or something, wasn't there? Who was his... his, uh, female sidekick but he was a lawyer he was a, a criminal well litigator. it doesn't matter he's a lawyer and it, he was always in the courtroom and there right. was always someone on the stand and you know he was okay. solving these these legal uh problems and crime scenes and stuff yeah so they and they call it the uh it's, it's actually called a perry mason moment <laughs> that's 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 what this, what's that's, a perry mason moment commonly referred to what is so, it um, that's when you, uh, so when, uh, the Perry Mason moment, the person is on the stand, right? Yeah. And they say, you know, where were you on Tuesday? Oh, you know, I was at my aunt's house. And all of a sudden he walks over to his desk and he comes back with a picture. I have photographic proof. Ah, you were actually at the bowling alley at the time in question. And then the, and the, then audience the guy goes, oh. breaks down in you know, tears. The, yeah, the, uh, the, the audience gasps as this new information comes out. So they set up discovery, the whole discovery process, so this would never happen. <laughs> oh, because you can't, if you're going to, if you're going to submit as evidence the photo you have, the other side has to know that you have. Yeah, because otherwise yeah. it's really not fair, it's, and it's more of a game, like and it's more of a me, moment. But... Yeah. So, so these days, the way discovery is set up, and it's done, it's done like this on purpose, is that basically you have to give the other side 
all the information about you know they request the, they they make these requests right we need every single document your company has on this incident and any related incidents and any people involved and any people that they know who might be involved right and you know and then they do the same and so for the days weeks months years leading up to the trial depending how you know big of a deal everything is uh you you're you're hanging out and and you you have you you know these bins and bins and bins and bins and bins of papers i mean imagine like with two hospitals are merging and now they're suing each other i mean well uh, now i know and the software assumed that all that material had been scanned yeah Though these days it's usually a lot better because there's not a whole lot of companies, modern companies that aren't using majority of electronic records. But anyway, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it still happens. Um, so, so we uh, had, so we were testing with these lawyers. They were the most difficult people I've ever done user testing. On. Oh, of course. I'm not and even surprised. It was it, this one guy. Uh, first of all. The, They're the most the, the most curmudgeon-y they bunch were. of people. I've, and it, suspicious. It has to be done their way. Well, the, the they you know part, a very really important part of user testing is that you have people talk out loud, right? Well, anything they say might be used against them in a court of law. So <laughs> well, so they won't talk, you know. So you have just just. All these people, they're sitting there, they're clicking on and doing things, and they're not saying a word, right? And so you have to keep saying to them, you know, uh, can you tell me, you know, what, why you clicked on that, you know? And then they'll just kind of, they, they would turn and glare, glare at you, you know, because you were bothering them. But this one guy, um, <laughs> not even you know, surprised. E everything we he asked him to do, me. he'd turn to the, the facilitator and he'd say, why are you asking me to do that? Is that really what you want me to do? I think there is there a trick here? You say that's what you want me to do, but I don't think that's really what you want me to do. Oh, I mean, the, he was trying to figure out the puzzle. Yeah, he thought we were faking him out. Like it wasn't really a test about yeah, the software. Yeah, well, of it was course. really a test about something else. I have no idea what it was. And yeah, he well. was. Uh, well, he funny. was really uh, yeah I mean but that's the life right so like so you know attorneys just play games there's a lot of games that go on right where you're you're doing certain stuff to get certain stuff I just I'm not none of this surprises me is, is my point all right so uh, here's another question for you <clears throat> so I mean I think user testing is wonderful it's a great technique it's inexpensive it's relatively easy to do you, uh, you get just tons of great information. You you know what's working and what's not working. Um, but there are some 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 um, limitations and possible flaws. Can you guess what any of those are? Can you name one? He's thinking. He's thinking very um, hard. Can I name a a problem with the with the whole idea with the methodology with the oh sure what makes it less than perfect? Well, I'll just take some guesses, and you can tell me if I'm if I'm close. I can tell you you're wrong because that's one of my favorite things to do. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, tell me I'm wrong. Um, so uh, pe people are doing things to try and please the tester. Yes. Very. Ding, ding, ding. That is ding, one. Ding, 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 ding. Yes. They do. Sometimes they do. Like they, they're all worried about, you know, being a good subject. Right. And so they're <laughs> a, not, loyal, a loyal subject. They're not necessarily doing what they would really do. Or they're not necessarily, uh, except for that one woman that was cursing the entire time, they're not necessarily being as critical as they're really feeling. Because they actually don't want, even though you tell them, I didn't design this, because a lot of times you didn't, you know, I yeah. didn't design this, I'm just right. doing the testing. They they, they want to give you a good review. They don't want to make you feel bad. Yeah, yeah. So they're not telling you the truth. Yeah, that is one. All right. Mm. You got any more? That was good. Can uh, you guess any you. more? Oh, huh? sure. Yeah. Okay. What? Can I ask more? Of course I can ask more. 
Um, uh, uh, people um, don't do things the way they'd normally do things. Yeah. So, it, you know, you're trying to do it in as realistic a setting as possible, but... You know, they there. It's not totally realistic, right? They're not back at the office. They're not at home or wherever they normally would use that product, and so they're not. Or the or you know, they only have forty minutes or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so they're not doing it really the way they would really do it, and you don't know that, and they may not even know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're doing good here. Thank you. You got you got any others? Um. No. There's one big one. There's one big one. Yeah. Yeah. There's one big one. There is, yeah. Based Ooh. on the kind of think about the kind of work that we do and I do and I, I can't figure out how to give you a hint without telling you what it is. Um, oh, I, I, th- I feel like I'm very close. It has, <laughs> does it have to do with biases of some sort? Uh, kind of. What, what were you thinking? Well, that's why I, I'm, I'm having some trouble articulating it. Well, one, I mean, a big one is, well, I mean, when, when they're doing the test, you can see what they do, right? You can see where they click. You can see what they type in. You can, right? But a lot oh, of oh what, I got it. I got it. What, what, what? I got it. What? Okay, so there's a couple things. What? So first, you can, like, you might be able to see what they do, but people don't know why they do certain things. Yeah, you got yeah. it. yeah. And so, and so they try and tell you. Well, because they'll come up with a reason. And, and I That's think we've right. talked about this in the podcast in the past. Like, like if you're just doing something, people will come up with a reason of why. Like, why did you turn left there? Oh, like they'll come up with a reason. But, you know, it it's, might not be right. Right. Because we know that most mental processing is unconscious. Yeah. Which means they're not aware of why they're doing it so they just kind of make up a reason and i'm sure and, and you have lots of war stories where people are like oh yeah i really liked the thing in, in this one place and of course in the video they're like oh my god i really hate the thing in this one place absolutely i, re- I remember one where um in during the session he comments about how much he likes the color purple and then later on uh, and this, I th- I don't know if this had to do with with conscious versus unconscious processing, or if this was more a memory thing. But la- you know, later in the, because usually you do your session, and then you might have a debrief afterwards where you talk about it. And so later during the debrief, he actually said, "Oh, I I couldn't stand that purple." But in the session, he told us he liked the purple, and uh, so you know, and he didn't remember that he hadn't said it so um yeah but a lot of what you know we rely a lot on the think out loud technique in order to understand what's going on in their heads when they're doing stuff and yet as you said people will say why they're doing stuff but it's not necessarily why they're doing it so that's kind of a problem so some of the newer (laughs) methods i mean some of the new stuff coming that's some people are already using um, and i think might become more common is to um, have neuro measurements. Yeah. Uh, I told you I did this, right? You know, I think you did. Tell me what you did. I don't remember. This was a year or two ago. I have a friend um, who works uh, for a a large um, um, research company that does market market research, but but Mm -hmm. very intense market research. Mm-hmm. Um, for various various things, and so they uh, she's a recruiter, right? And uh, and so she finds people to do the um, do the tests. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know she you know, tell, she's like, hey, you want to do it? You know, it's whatever. I can get you. You know, you get paid seventy five bucks. Like, yeah, sure. And I was just curious about the process because mm-hmm. I knew I knew what kind of uh, tests they were doing. 
And yeah. so you basically you go in and uh, they kind of glue onto your head all these little this um it, it's kind of like a little cloth and on the cloth are all these little uh, the the uh, yeah I don't even know all the, the correct terms but the the sensors mm -hmm. to detect the changes in um, your your blood so they can tell kind of where you're thinking um, and uh, yeah so yeah I went in and um, uh, they, they put all they put all the sensors on you uh, which is a lot of fun and then uh, yeah they, they, they showed you like different ads yeah, and then they measure you know, they measure your response to, to certain stuff. Um, yeah, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, so I think that that's gonna become more and more common as those tools um, get you know less expensive and easier to use, because uh, you can measure uh, EEG, which is sounds like what they were measuring on you. You can measure yeah. respiration, which is you know you're breathing <laughs> quickly or deeply. And you can measure um, heart rate and galvanic skin response. Yeah, they had that. They had that too. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. In addition, they they had the galvanic uh, yeah. response. They had a bunch of stuff. So, um, what we should talk about for a moment too is, um, and this is a topic that gets me into trouble. Yeah, let's get you into trouble. Uh, so oftentimes, not, not well. I don't know how often, but. Uh, a lot of people, in, when they're doing user testing, will also do uh, eye tracking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've heard this before, haven't you? Me? Yeah. What? Yeah. I, no. You know where? Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, yes, you do. Yes, of course I do. So eye tracking is. Uh, have you ever done eye tracking? I yeah. actually never. I think I was in the room when when it was being done, but I have never actually yeah. done it myself. So eye tracking is a technology either built into a computer monitor or you can wear special glasses that'll do eye, where they can track where you're looking. And sometimes that's done as a test unto itself and sometimes it's combined with user testing. So if you can imagine, right, that you're back at that NASA website, right, and I'm uh, asking you questions uh, and giving you tasks to do, and you're looking around the screen and and um, uh, you know deciding what to click on. It's tracking what you're looking at. Um, and so, in addition to having you think out loud, and in addition to knowing what you clicked on, I now can gather data on what you looked at and how long you looked at it and in what order. Right, first you looked here, and then you looked here, and then you looked here. So it's 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 the poor it's a poor man's um, really it's a poor man's brain, you know what I'm saying? Like, kind of yeah. I'm not doing a brain scan, but right. I'm but you're but you're trying to figure what out what's at. going on in there. Right. What are you paying attention to? What are you right. looking at? Right. Mm -hmm. And you get lot and it and it comes with I mean the analysis for it's actually kind of tricky to analyze the data and calibrate the machines and set them up and stuff. But you get some great you know you get heat maps and you know it looks cool. It, it'll aggregate data uh, over all your participants and things like that. So it sounds really wonderful, Guthrie. What is the problem with eye tracking? Do you know yeah, what I because, think is the problem? Yes, because you don't look at things with your central vision. Well, no, you do look at things with your central vision. Well, you do, but it's not, it's not perhaps as, it's not the be all end all. Oh yeah, it's not the so eye tracking measures only central vision and it doesn't measure peripheral vision and we know that peripheral vision is so critical, and and you get so much information from it, uh, often unconsciously, and it doesn't measure that at all. So, uh, you know, I've I've seen people take the data from the eye tracking and say, well, look, see, they didn't look at that picture over there at all, so we should just take it off. Well, they didn't look at that picture with central vision, but it doesn't mean they didn't look at it with peripheral they didn't, vision. They didn't perceive it. It doesn't. They didn't perceive it with central vision, but they might have perceived it with peripheral vision, and it certainly might have influenced them. So let me give you. Can I give you an example of? Uh, you can confirm, right? Yeah. So you're looking at a website, and there's a menu bar up, uh, kind of. So in the left, right, on the whole left yeah. hand side, then uh -huh. you know, think of like an, an app, right, where you have yeah. the little pullout. Um, and no one looks at it, and they're like, "Well, people don't see it. We we should move it." Well, maybe, but they they probably perceived it with their central with their peripheral vision, 
So they if yeah. they so they knew if they needed to go to a change, you know what I'm saying? But you yeah. but you might just assume, oh, we need to change its location. Yeah, because nobody's you, noticing it. No one's seeing no one's seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh you gotta watch I'm you know, I gave that little spiel once at a an eye tracking conference. Yeah. They asked me to speak. Yeah, you were very popular, I'm sure. They never brought me back. Mm. I don't think I was popular. But uh, yeah, that's that's uh, eye tracking. So um, I think we're going to move towards the the neuro stuff more and more. Um, and there's some firms that you know that's they always include neuro. There's some firms that that's the only kind of testing they do. They don't even do the more traditional kinds. So we're we're kind of moving in that direction. So then uh, just a few more things I wanted to say about like the whole uh, you know your options. So you certainly can bring people in like. You were brought into a location, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I went to their, their yeah. office. And you can do that, but you don't have to do that. So, you know, you could get with them on Skype or go to meeting or something and have them do the tasks and, you know, you can, you can have them share their screen so you can see at least where they're going. You can't see them clicking. You can't see their face usually. But you can talk to them and hear them and record them and then see what happens. Um, there's also uh, unmoderated tests, which means you're not there with them. And there's tools like usertesting.com and UserZoom, and um, where where people uh, the instructions appear in a corner of their screen. And they do the they do the task, and they talk out loud, and they click on things, and the whole thing gets recorded, and then you you view the recording later. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. You can it can be very quick and easy and cost effective. That's always that's that's exactly that's what that's what you want, right? And it's always interesting. So I highly recommend that uh, people try it out if they've. If they've never done it and they have a product that they're responsible for, they should definitely, hmm. definitely check it out. So that's what I have to say about user testing. Do you have any any questions, Guthrie, that we didn't cover that you want to ask? This is your uh, chance about to ask. user testing in particular. Yeah. Um, it's, it, 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 uh, do you see it blending in with more? Do you see it in the future as as the field kind of becomes more popular? Do you see it blending in with market research? No. And changing, morphing? No. No? All right. <laughs> cool. No, I don't, actually, because I think that... Uh, It'll always have a special place? Always have a special place in my heart. Yeah. No, I just think that market research is asking different questions. And so I think there's a, a place for market research and there's a place for I mean I do even you know use I do, I do what we we call you know target audience exploratory research um, which is kind of a, a, a blend perhaps and but that's different than user testing no I think user testing uh, will always have its place although it might it might really change in terms of that you know, if it goes totally neuro, yeah, it'll be different because you're not going to ask people to think out loud and that and so on. But um, yeah, and then when we have the brain implants, you know, it'll be really different. We'll just collect data from you. Yeah, we don't even don't even we'll, need your we'll consent. Collect it'll your, be great. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll just collect your thoughts before you know you've thought them. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is fun, Guthrie, and um, I like talking about you know the kind of the basic stuff. I know, we I do. know, I, I like it too. People. And I really do encourage uh, people who are interested check out. Yeah, um, the, you can go do the course for free, right? All right, the user testing course, no, no, but the but the UX course. the UX fundamentals course is free, but yeah. the user testing course you yeah. have to pay for. Um, it's not that. It's, it's and if anyone like has any uh, questions or comments about user testing, 
they can uh, where can they reach us go three you can email us at info at the team um, you can also just I don't know it's you just, we're on Facebook you can also tweet at Susan yeah at the brain lady is my Twitter ID and if you have other um, ideas for topics whether they're kind of far out things or kind of basic uh, practical things like this, like user testing, let us know. We'd be yeah. glad to. We're, I mean, we're not going to run out anytime soon, though. Of topics? No. No, we have a pretty long list. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Guthrie. Hey, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, have a have a great week. It snowed about um, a foot here, and it's still snowing. It is. Yeah. That's in Chicago. Yeah, it's the first. It's really, it's the first snow of the year. It's only March fourteenth. <laughs> So. All right, well, can we, uh, put your boots on. <laughs> I keep shoveling, and then it's sunny, and then it keeps snowing again, and then I have to shovel. Wow. <laughs> All, All right. right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.